You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, Goat Flippers? I am your host, Lurk. Thanks for checking out this week's episode of Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast, the number one hardcore and metal-related podcast on all of the internet. And on this episode of the podcast, we talked to Tony Weinbender, formerly of No Idea Records, but who now organizes the festival in Gainesville, Florida, called The Fest. If you haven't heard about The Fest, it's located in Gainesville, Florida, and it has been going on since 2002. It's a multi-venue festival that is placed throughout downtown Gainesville. And the festival has grown to host hundreds of bands over the Florida-Georgia football game weekend. And if you know anything about college football, you would know that the Florida-Georgia game hasn't been played in Gainesville or Athens. It's played in Jacksonville. So over the weekend, most of the crazy football frat guys and college dudes are going to be out of town, leaving downtown Gainesville very accessible for festival goers. You might be asking yourself, what kind of music can I expect at the fest? It's basically like a punk rock slash hardcore slash indie slash alt festival. So you'll have a little bit of everything. Some of the big names on the festival will be Hot Water Music, Frank Turner, Murder by Death, Baroness, Good Riddance, The Wonder Years, Torch, Strike Anywhere, Modern Life is War, Comeback Kid, A Wilhelm Scream, The Appleseed Cast, and Eve Six. You will also be able to check out full album sets by Hot Water Music playing A Flight in a Crash, Crime and Stereo playing Troubled Stateside, and many more. Make sure you head over to thefestfl.com for more information, a full lineup, and schedule for the event. They even have a media player within the website that you can listen to most if not all of the bands that will be featured on that weekend and if you're making the trek out to Gainesville over the Halloween weekend to attend Fest 19 hit your boy Lurk up it was fun meeting some of you guys at Furnace Fest and I wouldn't mind meeting you guys at the Fest 19 in Gainesville so let's link up whether this is your first time checking out the show or you're a return listener if you enjoy the content we're doing here on the Van Flip please take the time out of your day to go ahead and follow or like us on whatever platform you're currently listening to us on and if you have a couple extra seconds and you want to leave a rating and review we would greatly appreciate that as well don't forget to visit lambgoat.com for everything hardcore and metal related follow lambgoat on social media give us a like on facebook and you can find us on twitter and instagram at lambgoat head over to the lambgoat youtube page and you can find all of these podcasts in video format plus other lambgoat bonus content while you're there don't forget to hit the subscribe button and the alert bell so you're always notified when new episodes or content is uploaded and if you want to follow me lurk the host of the show you can find me on twitter and instagram at lurk city that's l-u-r-k-c-i-t-y Oh, yeah, what's this? I feel this. Oh, yeah, this is stuff. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. Lamb Goat presents the Van Flip Podcast. What is up, everyone? Welcome to this episode of Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast. Today we are joined by not an artist or a band member per se, but we are joined by Tony Weinberg Bender. I almost said Weinberger for some reason. Again, okay. I was going to mess that up anyway, so apologies anyway, Tony. But I'm joined with Tony. He is the curator and founder of uh, the festival 
um, it's the Fest, right? Is the actual name the Fest? And that is located in Gainesville. So we're going to get in uh, Gainesville, Florida. Go Gators! I'm a fan myself. And uh, you guys are right down the street, so I'm fairly familiar with you and uh, or with your festival and such. But uh, yeah, let's go ahead and get back in. Or get back in. Let's get into you know the history of the uh, festival and how you came into creating this event. Oh, okay. Well, Dave, first, thanks for having me on, man. It's More awesome to be able to hang out with somebody in the chat and like to not and hopefully chat about something positive instead of like you know planning a music festival um, for the last two years in the middle of uh, COVID. Um, you somewhat forget at times that it's a positive thing and it's a fun thing. And then we bring people from all over the world together that kind of like to nerd out about the same kind of like core music that I kind of curate. Um, and, you know, it's nice to like kind of get away from it. I'm sure we'll end up talking about some of that stuff too, but yeah, fest, uh, we started it. Um, this would have been our 20th year, um, but we took last year off. So we're still stretching 19 over. It's almost like, 19.5 or something right. groundhog day of, <laughs> of music festivals going on. Um, and so we started that. I used to live in Virginia and got involved. I'm 45 now and got involved in punk rock around when I was like 15, as far as like actively like playing in bands and like uh, putting on shows. Um, and so after, you know, high school of putting on punk shows and touring and playing, um, I went to college at James Madison University in Virginia and got involved in the college radio station there. And through that, we put on our own little music festival called Mac Rock. Cool. It's called the Mid-Atlantic College Radio Conference. And uh, that was kind of modeled at a multiple venue kind of thing. We got up to CMJ, which is a college music journal conference in, in uh, New York. that they drag all the college kids to and say, hey, listen to all these bands that you don't give a shit about. <laughs> Um, and that kind of inspired us to do the festival that we were doing in Virginia. Cause we felt like, you know, in the mid nineties, the uh, CMJ really wasn't covering like the hot waters and the promise rings and the jade trees and the, you know, the, a lot of like you know, saddle Creek records and mm-hmm. things like that, that, and even like heavier bands that, you know, we were into at the time just weren't represented. It was like, it was all major label stuff, which made yeah. no sense to us as college radio kids coming up in punk rock. So we did that festival. And then um, I ended up uh, leaving school and moving to Gainesville in 2000. Um, kind of got a job offer to, to uh, co-run Fueled by Ramen at the time. Cool. Um, yeah, I was going to ask, like, I, what brought you to Gainesville in general from Virginia? Because obviously that Gainesville's not a, a large city, especially 20 years ago, so. No, no, not at all. But I toured here a lot. Um, and my band used to come down and play the hardback a lot. And then uh, also, like, I did a lot of summer runs with Less Than Jake um, when they were doing the warp tours, like, every mm-hmm. fucking year. And so I got really close with them. I'd already been close with the Hot Water guys as well and uh, the No Idea crew. And so Gainesville just seemed like a smart move. It was like Richmond, Virginia or Gainesville were, like, the two cities I was looking at. And Gainesville felt a little bit further away from home. The scene here was like a little bit more open. I felt like everybody like Richmond was very clicky at the time. Um, It was like, if you're into this sub genre of punk rock, you only hung out with those people. And then like, you know, and and Gainesville didn't have as many punks, I guess. So everybody hung out together. Like there wasn't a lot of venues. So like when a punk band did come to Gainesville, everybody went to the show because it was, that was the only thing to do. 
Um, and so Gainesville felt like home. And here it is, you know, uh, many, many, many years later, two decades later, I'm still here. Yeah. Um, but Fuel Bar Ramen didn't work out for me. Uh, I, I kind of like the, the way I saw the label going was the opposite way they went. And they obviously took the right way to go with the record label. It was very much more successful right. than what yeah. I wanted it to do. Yeah. Um, and so I was kind of lost. And I didn't – I have a band. I, I dropped out of school to do this job. and didn't have that job. Um, and Gainesville was practically unemployable because I had no Gainesville skill sets, AKA I had not worked in a restaurant before. <laughs> yeah. um, and so I was kind of fucked. Uh, and so I did, I did like any job I possibly could for about a year um, and was still kind of lost and depressed a little. And a buddy of mine who uh, played in As Friends Rust was like, Hey man, you need to start. I, I was still doing shows because it was kind of out of default. People would hit me up and be like, Oh man, you live in Gainesville, do this show for me. Um, but it wasn't, you know, it was just kind of like what I was always doing was putting on shows for friends to help them, but I needed some kind of like creative outlet. And so me and some local friends here, you know, I was like, look, I'm, I think I'm going to start this thing. And I don't want to call it Gainesville Fest because there was already a festival years previously called Gainesville Fest that had kind of like dissolved. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we just called it the fest and it was kind of a bold statement in a way. Cause we were like in Harrisonburg, we went to college, like any like house show party we went to, we always called it a fest. Um, it was like, Oh, let's go to that fest tonight. Where's that fest that going to be. And so it was just kind of like not festival mentality. It was more like party mentality. And that's kind of what we were looking for uh, with fest in general was let's bring all of our friends that we know and bands wise from all over. Let's take some from Richmond, Minneapolis, some West coast, California people, a lot of the bands that have been through Gainesville over the last like two years and let's bring them all together for one weekend. And then, um, you know, all of our friends in town kind of just all helped out and pitched in. And, uh, we did the first one, you know, 20 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, 2002, or 2002, I believe, right. Or 2000, 2001, 2001. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, how big was the first one that you guys did? Cause I mean, this year's festival, how many bands in total do you have? I know, there are more bands than on your, your flyer lineup. So are how many? Yeah. In total? Um, I haven't looked in a while. <laughs> I looked at, I looked at the schedule today cause I saw that that was posted recently and I uh, have spreadsheets that, that you know, yeah. so me, there, there but seems anyway, to be the very first one, while I'm looking that up, the first one, I think we had like 60 bands it was something like five or six venues. It was two days. I want to say it was like 20 or $25. You know, the weird thing is we didn't, we didn't even make posters. I think we had a black and white flyer and that was the extent of it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so like, I don't even have one of those. I don't even think anybody has like the actual hard copy <laughs> file for it or anything like that. So it's kind of hard for me to like go back through the years and look up. I have to really look at like posters to be like, Oh, this band played this one and this right. band played this one. Well, you probably have a lot um, of my spreadsheet. I have 345 slots of confirmed filled for this, this particular year, right? For this year. Yeah. That's crazy. And for those who aren't really familiar with uh, how the fest works, um, has it always been like a multiple venue situation because Gainesville has all these like little bars and little venues, uh, you know, located around the school. Um, Is it, it's always been like a, you buy your ticket and you walk to and from the venue, correct? Yeah. I, I personally like that vibe. You know, uh, CMJ 
you know, we kind of modeled that Macrock after that, but Macrock being Harrisonburg, Virginia and Gainesville, Florida, both are, are college towns. Granted, James Madison University in Virginia is way smaller and it's more of a liberal arts town. And then right. you have the University of Florida, which is big, crazy fucking football town. Um, but we always do fest the weekend that everybody who likes football leaves and goes to Jacksonville. Yeah, I was going to ask about that because you I didn't know if historically you guys have always done it around Halloween. Yeah, it makes sense because, you know, there's a lot of people in town who don't give a shit about punk rock. And there's a lot of people coming that do. And so we just don't want them kind of clashing. We don't want like frat boys. No offense, frat boys, but uh, I don't want you to come into their show if you don't really give a shit. Um, and so it works out uh, that everybody leaves, goes to Jacksonville, goes to the University of Florida, plays Georgia, and it's the biggest cocktail party yeah. of the year. Yeah. Um, you live there, so you fucking know. I definitely know. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, you know, that's something actually a good friend of mine brought up this year. He's like, man, we should really start promoting that uh, to attendees that want to come this year that are worried about how shitty Florida looks right now. Mm-hmm. That, hey, all the, like, college people aren't going to be here. When you come to yeah, fest. Yeah. I mean, I didn't so, really think about that until I realized that it is the same weekend and, and whatnot. In in general, that's a good idea because it's like just what you said. You know, you don't have like a lot of the people who don't care about that kind of stuff, you know, in the area, so to speak. And uh, for those who don't really know, like you already said, it's the largest cocktail party um, in the world. It's a giant party downtown here in, in town. That's and, Jacksonville, not yeah, Gainesville. Jacksonville. Yeah, correct. We have our own we're pretty pretty big at drinking at Gainesville. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, I've definitely been too. I've definitely been to a couple games and been to balls and all the other bars right there on the strip. Yeah, so see, I, we don't use any of that stuff for fest. We use more of the downtown yeah. venues. Um and it's kind of like two worlds when you come to Gainesville. There's like downtown where it's like more of the arts and like the punk and the culture and then there's more of like the college world that's over on the other side, which is literally like fucking 13 blocks difference. Yeah. Um, and, but the college side, we don't really touch that. It's literally like, there's a hotel, the holiday Inn. we use that as a home base. And then people walk towards downtown and nobody goes towards campus. So it's, it's, it's strange. Cause I'll, I'll, people will come here year after year after year for fest. We do have a lot of repeat offenders, um, that come and, uh, they, a lot of them are just like, man, I've just never, I didn't even know I was that close to the university, to the yeah. campus. You know, we were right there. But yeah, going back to what you asked, uh, Fest has always been a multiple venue thing. I personally kind of like the choose your own adventure aspect of the way we curate Fest. Um, that way you're not stuck in a giant field waiting for that band that you want to see. Outside and too. Stuck, yeah, watching some other band that you don't want to see. You know, you can just go to another show. You could not go to a show. You could also go to like a restaurant that's downtown or go to a bar or go to a park. You know, it's like, there's a lot of options and it really showcases downtown Gainesville in a lot of ways. And I think that's one of the reasons why we've been successful is that Gainesville still is that very uh, liberal Southern town. Um, and it's very open armed. Like when visitors come, mm-hmm. the people that work around here and live in this town are very appreciative um, for the tourism and for how awesome fest guests are. You know, I've got little old ladies that run uh, bed and breakfast downtown and they're like, oh, the fest people are just the best people that <laughs> always come every year. I've got these people that come from Sweden. I've got these people that come from Germany. I've got these people that come from Indiana. And it's just like it's something that everybody missed 
tremendously last year. You know, our downtown uh, felt very, very empty. You know, we mm-hmm. still walked around and did like a little, I think it was like a Facebook live video and just kind of showed everybody like, Hey, this is what Gainesville is like right now without fest. And it's yeah. kind of weird and dead. And there was actually like a couple like walking around who came from somewhere and there was like, yeah, we still had our hotel room and our tickets. So we just decided we'll Let's come to Gainesville and just yeah. hang out. Um, but it is, it's, you know, it's, it's very much a choose your own adventure. We kind of curate the festival. Um, I wouldn't say not so much the most popular bands, but what we consider like within our little friendship here, like uh, the bands that we like. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seemed to work out, you know, there's about 3000 other people who agree and buy tickets. Yeah. So, and there's not, know, not to, to say it small. Right. Yeah. I was going to say like your average attendance uh, is, you know, a couple thousand a year, but it's also, yeah, we sell 3000 tickets, but then we also give three day passes to all the band members and then all the volunteers. Um, so about six to 7,000 people will be here for the weekend usually. Yeah, and it, like you were saying earlier, it's a good um, you know replacement for the local economy and stuff like that too because everyone is out of town doing the big party up in Duval. Um, yeah. How spread out is, like for, for those who have never been or are thinking about going to the fest, how spread out are these venues in, you know, because obviously like downtown Gainesville is very walkable and everything. And Gainesville in general is, is for the most part kind of small until you get out into like the rural neighborhood areas. But how, how, how far are these venues in walking? I think our furthest venue from one to other is like a 13 block walk. Cool. So there's venues that are like side by side across the street from each other. Um, we use for our main venue, we used uh, Bo Diddley Park, which is named after the famous guitar player, yeah. Bo Diddley, <laughs> who uh, was born in Gainesville. Um, and it's a small park. We take over two streets to extend the capacity of the park, uh, fence it off. Um, and it's a uh, 4,500 capacity. But I think we actually capped that at 4,000. I think one time against me was playing and we kind of looked at each other and we were like, so this is 4,000 this seems okay. Let's just keep it comfortable. Mm. And that's kind of one of the things we like about Fest is like, we always try to keep things scaled down, keep it comfortable this year because of COVID, you know, we expanded and added a secondary large outside venue. That's like 1500 capacity. And even then they were like, our capacity is 2300. And I was looking around, I was like, I don't want to see 2300 people here. Like that's just seems too much. Like let's eyeball it as we go, you know? And that's one of the things that, I think attendees enjoy about the way we run our festival is that it's comfortable. They have a good time. And that's the best advertisement we can do is the word of mouth. When people go back to where they're from and tell their friends who didn't go, Hey, I had a really great time next year. You need to get off your fucking ass and you need to come with me. Um, And you know, I don't, I, it's a bummer when you go to a festival and it's like, especially when there's some bands who play in smaller rooms and stuff. And you realize like I've walked to four venues and I can't get in any of them. Mm. And I think we went to South by Southwest a couple of times. And that was the scenario. We had these passes for South by Southwest because we had played, but we couldn't get in any of the fucking shows. So it was like, fuck this. (laughs) (laughs) this sucks. Yeah, that, that's cool. And again, the lineups that you guys have had, I know you keep your, you, you're downplaying it a little bit, but you do have some big names on there too, for the, for the type of music that uh, you guys showcase, you know, you do have some big names on there. Um, but you also do have a lot of, you know, artists that most people may not know. And I think that is su- 
super cool because obviously like most festivals do cater to like a larger audience and it is also, you know, it's good to see little small niche, you know, boutique festivals, if you want to call them that cater to a, a demographic that maybe doesn't get a lot of sunshine in the day, you know? So it's, it's yeah. really cool that you have such a wide spread of, you know, genres in general too. Well, thanks for noticing that. I mean, honestly, like when you get into like punk rock, you know, when I was 16 and doing shows, we weren't doing shows for the biggest acts that were coming through. We were 16. We weren't promoters. We were just like trying to help small bands come through that could possibly help our small band when we wanted to go through their town, you know, the trade the favor kind of thing. Um, and that always just kind of stayed with me, you know, when I was working at Fuel by Ramen and No Idea Records at the times, you know, both of those labels, we, we didn't have big, large bands that we were promoting. You know, No Idea did have a roster having like Hot Water Music and Less Than Jake and Against Me, but those weren't coming out every fucking month. You know, we were trying to push and help new bands. When I worked at the college radio station, you know, we were really trying to showcase smaller artists and went through the festival that we were doing there and through like just general playing of music, you know, and I've always felt like Fest is kind of like this large 360 some band mixtape in a way that I'm trying to make. And just like, you can, I don't, I'm not trying to make you like this. I'm just saying it, it's here. Mm -hmm. If you want to listen, you can decide if you like it or not, if you want to come or not, you know, it's like, I've never really pushed this festival and I, everybody that works on it year round with me, we've always really tried to, Oh no, <laughs> I guess we're not trying. <laughs> <That's a way. laughs> it's like, you know, it's like, it's too easy. It's, it's too easy to be like work with like large promotion companies and be like, all right, we need somebody that's going to draw 3000 people. Like we've never thought about that. You know, it's like, we're just like, Hey, we really like this band. And the cool thing about starting with like a lot of smaller bands is that, you know, over 20 years, a lot of those smaller bands have gotten big yeah. and they remember that we took care of them for decades. Mm -hmm. um, and so when it comes down for them to play, it's like, it's rad when a band like the Menzingers who are kind of large can say like, Hey, we played over 10 fests, you know, yeah. um, when, when against me can, you know, say, I don't know if they've played 10, but they've played a fuckload of them, you know, with hot water music. It's, it's, it's easy to get them to get less than Jake, you know, when Frank Turner, you know, who's like a huge artist, right. you know, who plays Wembley stadium, <laughs> you know, it was very easy to get him back because he remembers when we booked him and he played a 86 capacity room, you know, I don't even remember what year that was, you know? Um, and so like things like that, I think, stick out. And I think attendees appreciate that. And it's also cool to watch those smaller bands who might be on tour and play to like house shows and play to 30, 40, maybe a hundred people a show. And then they come to fest, but all 30, 40, hundred of those people from all over are converged into one mm -hmm. town and one venue. And then that band gets that holy shit moment where they're playing in front of a thousand people and everybody's losing their minds. Yeah. Um, and I think this year will be a good example of that. I think, people there's been a lot of our friends and bands and a lot of new bands who have released awesome material this past year and we haven't gotten a chance to see them play it live mm -hmm. you know a lot yeah. of it may might have been virtual in a sense but um i think people you know i've gotten to go to a few shows now that things are kind of opening back up and yeah. i remember the first one i went to you know i i teared up i got emotional 
It was weird because for me too. it had been so long and it's such a part of my life. Uh, and I hope people just, uh, you know, remember that. And, you know, like we start treating it like we did when we were 16 again, you know, like yeah. that music is important and, and independent venues are important and bands, we can't take advantage of bands being on tour or even venues being open anymore, mm-hmm. you know? So things like this, are important if we can keep it together and keep a community alive and a scene alive, we have to kind of work together and look out for each other in a lot of ways. And that's something that how the kind of scene started in punk rock. And I think in a lot of ways, it's now our turn to bring that back around, not just fest, but just all of us in general. Yeah. Um, And speaking of punk rock, I'm not big into punk rock these days myself, but when I was a younger kid, I grew up here closer to the beach and, um, for some reason, punk rock was pretty big. It was a lot of Pennywise, you know, a lot of that kind of no use for a name, uh, no effects, MXPX. Those kinds of bands were so big here, or at least in my little group in school and stuff. Uh, I started going to those like house shows and like small little venue shows <clears throat> and uh, little CD store, you know, shows and stuff like that. And that was my introduction into what would come to be like, you know, my passion as far as like music and stuff. But one thing, like you said, when you, you got like kind of teary eyed going back to your first show, it's like throughout the pandemic and when everything was locked down and nothing was going on in live entertainment and stuff like that, I realized like, holy shit, it is like every week or every other week that I'm attending some kind of live entertainment show. And uh, the, my first show back was a couple of weeks ago, Madball. <clears throat> Madball came and, um, Obviously, I knew it was going to be crazy because it was a smaller venue in general. My buddy's venue uh, was like 200 people plus or whatever, or 200 people max. And so it was going to be insane. I was kind of like looking forward to that. And I was lucky enough to be recording some stuff for the for Lamb Goat or whatnot. And um, I had like a – I wasn't in the crowd, but I got – I was over the crowd looking at everything. And in my head, I was like, dude – fucking 20 plus years ago, I walked into a small shitty venue room or whatever. And I've kind of never left, you know, I never have left that. Like I do attend big festivals and I do attend big concerts, but there is something so different than from that environment to a small, hot, sweaty room. And I've spent so much time in those venues that I did get a bit like a big rush of nostalgia and like, Holy crap, man. Like I've missed this so much. And, I can't wait for this to continue on more prevalently, but as we are now, you know, it's up and down, you know, ebb and flow of, you know, what will be allowed, what won't be allowed, but it it is, it's a, it's a great feeling to have that back. And so I am looking forward uh, to coming down, you know, this October and feeling all that again, because those venues are going to be quite small for most of those bands. And I, I can't wait to experience that. Yeah. And we look forward to hosting you, man, of course. Yeah. It's just like, you know, I think everybody should experience that. It's it's a shame that there's, it's kind of hard that like not every genre of music or not every form of entertainment gets the intimacy that punk rock or, you know, even like hardcore or like a lot of like, you know, I just say independent music gets, you know, and there's people that will go their whole life who have never just gone to a, 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 a thing that's like 200 plus or less, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and there's that intimacy to that. And that's like that, that feeling of like all this energy is flowing 
between the crowd and the band. And it's all just like going back and forth. It's not a barricade. The band is not up on the stage. And then afterwards the band is over there selling merch and you get to go up and like converse with the band Mm -hmm. about them being there and saying thank you to them. And that's like, you know, I think that's kept myself and someone like yourself too grounded in a lot of ways, you know, and, and this last year, I think really we appreciate it a lot more. I mean, I'm going to a show this Saturday at Lucy's to see like Roger from less than Jake's band rehasher play who barely rarely plays my friends, <laughs> uh, buddy from less than Jake has a side band called coffee project with my friend Jake from uh, Virginia. And it's going to be rad. Cause there'll probably be like, I don't know. I don't want to undersell them, but probably only going to be like 50 or hundred people there, you know? And it's just, but half of that is, you know, the way, way we are right now, you right. know, and where we're at in Florida, you know, Florida looks really fucking bad right now. We have the highest COVID cases in many of these cities that have ever been. Um, and so it's a little scary sometimes to go to shows, you know, and for certain folks that don't feel like they can have that comfort level to go out and do things. Um, it's hard. You know, we just did a show in Gainesville to kind of try out a new venue that we're the, the second big, large outside venue we're going to use for fest. Um, it's a place called Hartwood. And it's like, like I said it before, it's like 2,300 capacity. Um, and we had 137 pre-sales and like 20 some walk-ups <clears throat> and we did a show on all day from two to like 10 PM show. And we had like a fucking tropical storm that was coming through <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> And all these bands playing and it was like stressful as fuck, you know, and there's people like, you shouldn't do this show. And we're like, it's all outside. And if you're unvaccinated, just don't come. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and Like people were cool. People wore masks. Some people didn't wear masks and people kept their distance from each other. And the bands played and everybody was very appreciative. And everybody had a great time and people left and they said, thank you mm-hmm. when they left. Mm-hmm. And that was awesome. Like as somebody who puts on shows and been doing it for so long, you don't always get that when people leave a show and they're genuinely thankful mm-hmm. that a show happened and that they got to enjoy music and play. And the people showed their thanks by like buying tickets and buying their friends tickets. I saw one guy who I know in town bought six tickets because he's like, I want to bring all these people. Yeah. Um, they supported the bands and bought T-shirts and LPs and merch, you know, and it was like it was a good feeling. And it made us all feel who worked hard on that show feel like, hey, October is still far enough away. I think we have a chance for, you know, humanity to kind of get their shit together. (laughs) Let's hope. And we're, you know, and as a scene and as a community, I feel like Fest people really look out for each other. They've always looked out for each other. It is kind of like this big nerd community that comes here. People like talk to each other year round on the internet. And when they get here, they're hanging out. I've never been to a music festival before where like I'm standing in line and I just hear people just like conversing about albums and music. And it was just like, they're just all fucking nerds. It's awesome. Yeah, We've never had a fight at any of our shows at fest and we can have the craziest hardcore bands and the craziest punk bands and the craziest metal bands. And it doesn't happen because people aren't there for that reason they're there because they really love it and it's hard you know they've traveled from so far away they've paid x amount of money for their hotel room for their pass for three days you know for food beverage for three days to buy a shitload of records for three days <laughs> and now with covid you know they're risking like 
possible health concerns as right. well, you know? And so like, I think people are really going to look out for each other even more this year. Um, the ones that feel comfortable and can come. Um, and we look forward to it, you know? Yeah. It's definitely been, um, you know, on the minds of a lot of people as far as like things that have that, that have gotten rescheduled and especially later in the year, uh, you know, like we just saw today, uh, this will come out in a couple of weeks, obviously, but today, uh, misery signals just kind of dropped off of Furnace Fest, which was uh, mm-hmm. th- that was another festival that I'm really looking forward to because it got rescheduled <clears throat> from the last year, and uh, you know that's one I actually bought tickets to just in case, and so uh, that was one I was like in my head I'm thinking, well, I mean, it's like every like late '90s, early 2000 like hardcore oh, yeah. emo band together in yeah. one it's place. It's like the golden era, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah like, we share a lot of the same like taste in bands and stuff, course. and so it's really cool. I think Furnace Fest is doing good protocols though. Yeah, yeah, for what sure. they can do. They're doing like, hey, you got to be vaccinated or you got to show a negative test. We're going to wear masks inside, and that's like all you can ask for. And that's what we as Fest really, you know, when we said, hey, we're postponing Fest, that was the first thing we were, we said it was like we were going to take it a step further. We we're going like, look, let's only have vaccinated people here, period. That's it. And then our governor fucking came out with a law saying you can't not only not ask for proof of vaccine in the state of Florida, but you can't ask for proof of negative test in the state of Florida, which is fucking mind blowing that I cannot ask if somebody is not sick to come that could possibly hurt other people. It's Mm -hmm. just so frustrating to be able to, to try to do a music festival and the only thing you want to do is take care of the people that are attending and take care of the touring artists and the people who are volunteering the staffing and your hands are tied and you can't, mm-hmm. you know? And so it hurts when I hear people being like, Florida's so fucked. Yeah, it is. And they're like, what are you doing about it? And I'm like, I can't do anything. Now it's up to all of you that are coming. It's up to you to like be vaccinated. And even beyond that, you should just get tested before you come here. To yeah. make sure you don't have COVID and be a good human, period, yeah. Yeah. you know? And it's just, you know, if you're inside and you're in the pit, wear a mask, you know? And if you can't do that, fucking don't come. Like, I run 60 minutes cardio every day with a mask <laughs> on in the gym. Yeah, yeah. Because not because I'm worried about me, but I'm worried about all these dumb old Republican fucks that are at the gym that I don't want to get sick. Yeah. You know? it's a, lot like, of, a lot of those around here. Yeah. Yeah. You live in Duval. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're kind of in this swing situation, you know, there's, there's, I think we were like half and half around this. Yeah. There's some good election. folks in Jacksonville. There's good folks in every town, you know, Gainesville doesn't have all just good liberal people hippies either. You know, there's well, a I lot think of most of those are around the school. And then once you get kind of outside of that, it is, it's a do- totally different land. Oh yeah. Between here and Jacksonville, there's a lot of fun between here and St. Augustine. There's a lot of weird signs. I saw a sign. We went to the beach to go see descendants, Menzingers and rise against. And on the way I saw a place that was called howling wolf cafe. It's, I guess it's a biker bar and the giant, the whole side of the place is Trump 2024. Um, they're already promoting him. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then there was another one. There was a trailer, a sad trailer on the side of the road. And they'd painted on the side of their trailer, just fuck Biden. <laughs> just huge. Yeah, that's huge. Some, that's welcome to Florida. And, and it's just like, 
how do you even get away with painting profanity on the side of your home right on the main drag of a road it's <laughs> weird that i have to i kind of sometimes have to explain to people like where i would consider you northeast florida as well where gainesville is so yeah i mean we're pretty much like the north north you can get of right. florida so i kind of explain that we're really georgia like we're yeah. not we're not on the tropic. That's like, not the so tropic- much to claim either. <laughs> yeah, no, I know, but no. I mean, like, if you think about it, like when people are asking like me about my area or like you know in general whether it's COVID related or politically related or in anything related, it's like we're above we're we're a little above the tropical jet stream. So like even the landscape for us isn't even like mm-hmm. your typical Florida landscape. We have a lot of like oak trees. You know, nope, the palm trees that are here are like planted from. Yeah, you know, same anywhere here. else. So it's it's one of those crazy things, and you know, you do get reminded that you're not necessarily in Florida all the time. You're kind of in this weird no man's land between the states. Yeah, I mean, I love the state for like a lot of the reasons that a lot of the people move here and love it. I like the weather. I love like the nature part of Florida. They have so many awesome like state parks and mm-hmm, beaches, mm-hmm. springs. And for the most part, like the Florida punk, like indie DIY scene is awesome. You know, and it's like, it's really, really rad. Um, and so it's like it, you know, after living here for 20 some years, it's, it's, I still have this like sense of pride a little bit, but it's also disheartening to see like how horrible <laughs> some things are in the state. And especially with what we're dealing with now, granted Gainesville, we do have, I think, uh, we have a really good open communication with our mayor here. Mayor Poe is awesome. He's been super supportive of Fest always. And him and the city manager and city ca- uh, commissioners and everybody who works for the city that we deal with has been nothing but supportive in trying to help us run the safest and most and best Fest we can. You know, they put us in touch with UF uh, uh, Health, who's given us a lot of statistics on things that's helped us uh, make judgment calls. Um, I feel like as we get closer to fest, we'll have uh, more help from them. Uh, and it's just, but, you know, we still have to like the folks that are coming here, have to realize that like our hands are tied and we can only do so much. Right. Um, legally, and you know, legally we can only do so much and it's just such like a fucked thing. You know, we can't fight it. Uh, I looked into like, city attorneys. I've asked personal lawyers that I know, and everybody's like, I mean, you could roll the dice and you could also get in a lot of trouble. It's $5,000 fine per person that we would have to, that we would turn away hmm. if they decided they did not want to show us proof of negative COVID test or vaccination. Interesting. I have no problem doing the testing at all. I think uh, <clears throat> the only, the, the thing about the testing that's weird with me and, and some of these other festivals outside of the state or whatnot that are going on, and maybe you can shed light on this as well because you're a part of this whole uh, you know, community, so to speak, is um, the vaccinated individuals that would be you know, showing their proof of vaccination, uh, it isn't common that they could obviously get the virus as well, but it is uh, you know, something that's popping up a little more prevalently. Some people you know, may get the vaccine and then also get COVID and experience, you know, the long-term effects of it, yada, yada, yada. Although those are rare in general. Um, But like with other festivals, those individuals don't have to produce a negative test, so to speak, either. So 
like when you get do, do you have to deal with those kinds of questions regarding entry and stuff like that because obviously vaccinated people could possibly in rare cases also transmit have the disease and transmit it uh, right that is something that we've definitely learned in the last several months right. about you know what they call them breakthrough infections and that's something that's very much concerning to us that's why you know we're going to start putting out language we already started with the last week when we announced that uh, a few extra bands we've changed our covid protocols as much as we possibly could updating them um one of the things we're going to start is a is a uh, kind of social media campaign as we get closer and like i mentioned before is that everyone no matter if you're vaccinated or unvaccinated, everybody should just get tested. Now, we legally can't ask you for proof of that, but you, the moral right thing to do is to get tested before you go to a large event, Right. period. doesn't matter if it's my festival. doesn't matter if it's Furnace Festival. doesn't matter if you're going to a football game. Yeah. Just it's free. You should do it. And then you know, hey, I don't have COVID. Don't have to tell anybody, but just so you you fucking just know, right, you right, know. Right. And I think that's what we're going to end up getting around. Yes, it's also as a promoter, it's it feels better to know if your whole population is vaccinated because the odds on somebody getting sick and dying from going to your festival from COVID is zero. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's really zero. Um, now, granted, when you put on a music festival in general and there's alcohol and there's people doing other things right. at that party time, you know, there's no never a, there's there's always a risk that somebody could get hurt and die. And you knock on all the wood and you say all your prayers and eat all your vitamins. And yeah, anything like can happen at any time for, at these places. Exactly. We allow stage diving. Do you know how many <laughs> fucking injuries happen from stage diving at oh, yeah. punk shows? I oh, mean, yeah. come on. Like, you know, and crowd surfing, don't even get me fucking started about little fucking kids crowd surfing, you know, to like the lightest bands there possibly can be, you know, it's like, Jesus Christ, Pop you know, artists and stuff like that. Yeah, you know? exactly. So it's like, you're always running that risk and it's all, there's always going to be somebody to point a finger as a promoter. And all we're trying to do is trying the best to do is collectively, you know, have those communications with each other internally, have those communication communications with the artists that are performing. You know, one thing we're doing as at our festival, we've been open about for since day one is that we're requiring every performer, everyone who works the festival, everybody who volunteers the festival to be vaccinated. So at least we can say at our festival, 50 plus percent of our population we know is vaccinated. Um, And that's a, you know, for us, even though, you know, you can spread those things, the incubation period is three to five days. Mm -hmm. If somebody gets tested before they come to the festival, and if everybody's negative when they come to the festival within their own, they know, yeah, there's a chance they might have caught something in traveling, you know, with a flight or, you know, going to gas station and stuff. But if you're also combo that with vaccinated population, the odds on catching anything and then getting sick goes even lower. Um, and it's just something we're all still figuring out. And none of us are fucking doctors. Right. <laughs> I'll just try to play it on the internet. It's like fucking the most <laughs> insane thing ever. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like you guys don't even fucking take vitamins yet. You're like an expert on how COVID goes on. Yeah. Um, but that's, you know, and it's it's so hard and frustrating. But I think that, like, you know, people, it's up to their comfort levels now. And the people that are comfortable will come. And we're hoping that everybody comes out of it on the other side, happy, full of 
you know, love and their hearts are full and that they don't get real sick. Yeah. But I mean, there's also, we, <laughs> you know, there's going to be some hangovers that are going to suck. <laughs> We're going to think like, fuck man, do I have COVID? It's like, no, you just drink a hundred Jägermeisters. Yeah. Like, you know, like you know, what's weird about oh, that. Oh man, do I have COVID? No, you just did a lot of cocaine. What's weird about the first show back, um, that I attended and I, I don't know, maybe if you had the same experience or whatnot, but because I was in a smaller venue and, and it's the first time I'd been around, you know, a lot of people per se in um, like a year and a half, I definitely got the sniffles like afterwards. And I had like a, a rough day or two afterwards and my buddies who own the venue, I'd like texted them and I was like, Hey, uh, anyone else feeling a little under the weather? And they're like, yeah, but it, you know, it went and passed within like two days. And then, of course, uh, I was hanging out with my my dad later that weekend for his birthday. So I got tested, and it was I got tested twice, but it was negative each time after a couple of days. But it was March. like I was like crazy that maybe my immune system wasn't as up to date or up to par because oh, I hadn't no. been around anybody. No, you got to think though. Also, like in the last, you know, if we're going to talk about play doctor on this shit, <laughs> you know, in the in the. In the last year, none of us even experienced a cold or the right. flu or any of the normal shit that our bodies are used to, you know, dealing with. Also, think about this. That fucking venue, I don't know when it was open prior to this show, but you might have just gotten some allergies because they hadn't cleaned the fucking thing. Oh, sure. Yeah. Shut up for a year. <laughs> you know? no, I, I, like, I literally just chalked it up to my – I did you, hadn't been did around you, anybody. I don't know if you drink, but if you might have had a draft beer – <laughs> when was the last time those lines were cleaned real well? You might have got a little mold up in there. Yeah, you that's know? a PBR thing. I, I had I had uh, some PBR Tallboy cans. You know, that's that's my punk. How rock old beer. were those PBRs? They might have been there since before COVID. You know, PBR tastes so, a certain yeah. way, so you never know what if it's older. Yeah, you, you know. never know. You know, and those are the things. But you did the right thing. You got tested, and that's another thing we put up on our website too. Is like, hey, these are things to do before you come to fest. These are things to do once you're at fest. And then here's some good advice after fest is like, if you're feeling under the weather and feeling sick, isolate yourself and get tested. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all have to look out for each other in this shit, man. And especially yeah. if we want to see live music come back and bands being able to tour again and these venues that we care about stay open, we're all going to have to just step up a little bit and stop crying and whining yeah. and like, and just be like, hey, look, it's not like it used to be. And I don't know if it'll ever get to that point. Mm. But what we can make it is we can make it the best we can and the safest we can right now. Yeah. And that's really what we all need to pull together. Punk rock should and hardcore and independent scene and all, whatever you want to call it, community needs to pull together. And people need to stop being selfish and people need to start looking out for each other again. You know, just like, you know. You know, we always talk about we pick each other up off the floor when we're in the pit. Well, we need to also, like, you know, look out for each other when we're at the shows. And, like, mm-hmm. if you see somebody wearing a mask inside a show and you don't particularly decide that you want to wear a mask at the <laughs> I show, love that shit. Yeah, it doesn't that. fucking matter, <laughs> yeah. man. That is you know, just stuff. don't go up and start fucking getting in their face, even if you're being friendly. Have some respect. If they're obviously wearing a mask in a show... They don't want you unmasked in their face. So just put the mask on and just be like, hey, what's up? You know, yeah. I've personally dealt with that once or twice before uh, wearing wearing. I mean, I wore masks at the the two shows that I've been to in general, just because, again, I wore a mask and I got the sniffles after that one. The Madball show. So, you know, I was like, OK, uh, just to be safe. And I 
and when I attend shows for the most part, I'm not in the, in the crowd, in the crowd. I'm, you know, usually doing something as far as like uh, photography, videography, or, you know, watching the show from a different vantage point than like right in the middle of the pit, because I'm usually covering the show. But um, yeah. yeah, when I am in, like, if I go to the bar or if I go through the crowd, I do tend to mask up uh, more times than not doing that. Just because again, uh, you know, you're, you're asked to elbows on with everybody. And it's just, I know. Yeah. And I think in the, in, you know, you're doing the right thing of like, especially the service industry people, you know, they're what they're wearing masks so they can work to serve you and to give you the things that you want that PBR. It's no skin off you to fucking put a mask on just to, when you go to order that drink for like the 30 seconds, the one minute you have to do it. It's just respect to the person that's working on the other side. of yeah. um, And that's something, you know, we're all going to experience something different this year and throughout the shows we went to. The first show we went to was a little different. We went to uh, way BFE Tennessee to go see Lucero. They mm. were doing like a big outside show at this place called the Caverns. And normally the shows are inside the caverns, which is a beautiful experience. Yeah, I've seen that um, on the just, internet lately, and it looks like an awesome venue. Yeah, so they just dropped a huge stage outside, and they had, like, it was like pods set up, but basically they were just, like, roped off little areas, and you got your area, you could bring your own chair, you could sit down at it. And it kind of felt like, you know, this venue is definitely, like, jammy, bluegrassy type <laughs> festival, but we are like, we'll go see Lucero, you know, they're buds. Um, and it felt great because... You know, you ordered everything off of an app. Um, servers came, masked, they brought you, they dropped you stuff. You could order stuff ahead of time, like our buckets of beer and food and nice. like show posters. It's like you're a VIP person, us. you know what I mean? You get all this VIP catered, uh, you know, attention. It's exactly what it felt like. It was like kind of felt spoiled. I was like, man, I didn't have to stand in a line to buy a drink. I didn't do anything. That's awesome. It was kind of <laughs> nice. I was like, I kind of hope that like some of these venues, like, understand like i will gladly pay a little extra just to be able to do that but i didn't miss a single song you know it was great um we felt safe we had friends that drove down from pittsburgh and met us and uh it was a great great time but not every show can be that way um you know and that's that's we'll have to just see how things go now we're dealing with the fall and you know the talk of like certain vaccines you know the efficacy going down right and boosters and i'm like Fuck yeah, give me 10 more boosters. We'll set up at Fest. We'll have a booster fucking tent. You know, CVS, Walgreens, Publix can come sponsor it. But, you know, and then people can just get their shots if they need to. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm all for it. You know, I want to promote that too. Um, I just want music to get back and I want be able artists to be able to tour and I want to be able to put this Fest to bed so we can do Fest 20. I mean, it might sound <laughs> selfish, but it's like, I feel like we have laid this scenario out so many different ways and we have a great plan to do what we can do to make this festival as safe as possible with our legal ramifications of living in this fucking state of Florida and having Ron DeSantis as our governor, um, who obviously doesn't give a shit about us. Um, so it's like, you know, we're going to do it, and but it's going to take the punk scene and take us all and the people that come to Fest to pull together. And we're all just going to have to, like, step up and take care of each other to make it work. Yeah. You know? And I think that's every show now, you know, like, especially if we, the fuckers, like us all that live in Florida, if we want punk shows to continue to happen, 
there's if there has we have to internally within our scene put some rules on it because the venues can't put any rules and it's sad you know they Mm -hmm. want to every venue that you go to wants to run a safe show they just can't and it sucks to live in the state for those reasons i have one last kind of like covidy kind of question since you are an event promoter and such like that i feel like you would you may have some insight on on this and and whatnot because you also mentioned uh having uh having wanted to do vaccinated people only entry at, at the, at the festival. So uh, this will be the last thing we talk about, about COVID and then we can move on to other cool stuff. And then that, yeah, we kind of went down that rabbit hole, <laughs> yeah. so. but it has to happen, I guess. Right. And yeah. unfortunately on this podcast, the last year and a half, we've been talking a lot about that. So I've tried to steer away from most of it. So, but because you, you are in a different realm of the industry, yeah. More so that would deal with that. I feel like you would be someone that I could ask these questions to that you would have better understanding on that. But not just not speaking about fest in general, but other festivals, not like even mainstream festivals. We saw Lollapalooza go on and stuff like that. And, you know, then they got a big backlash. And then all of a sudden, that's when a lot of the COVID restrictions started coming back up. Um, also, because cases started going up as well. Do you feel in... Um, budget wise and like money allotted wise for an event, if an event like a festival did vaccinated only, and they, I don't want to say ostracized a a demographic of their uh, attendees or or guests, how would that affect the festival paying out maybe artists or planning budget wise for the following subsequent years? Would that have an effect on that, or is there something in place that kind of guard garnishes some kind of uh, floating system for the financial financials of the back end? Because if, like, let's just take a big festival per se, like Bonnaroo or some like major mainstream festival that has mm-hmm. artists that cost you know hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars to book. If the festival doesn't get the proper attendance, like they're used to, where whether it's like tens of thousands of, of attendees. Does that not affect the budgeting or the, you know, for the next year or, or anything like that? I think what you're, uh, so at least our festival, we don't do, and this might be a little bit more industry talk than like most of the people that listen <laughs> to your podcast know what's up, but there's a thing called a back end, And it's basically like as a promoter, you can say, look, man, I'm going to give you X amount of money. But if like we cover our nut or ass or whatever, you know, and we cover all of our expenses and there's extra money, we can give you this extra money on top of it. It's called a back end. Okay. Um, but with music festivals, it's so hard because there's so many moving parts and there's so many different ways a music festival can generate money, be it sponsorships, be it uh, charging vendors to set up, you know, huge festivals like a Bonnaroo or something like that, I would assume would also get money from like the tourism of the state, mm-hmm. if not the city to set up and things like that. We're just such small time, small potatoes. Like there's promoters that do shows in this, you know, just a general show that might have like a thousand capacity that have a lot more stipulations and, and expenses and budget than what we do. Ours is very DIY and very basic. Um, so for us, we don't do backends. So it's basically like we don't even really do a budget. <laughs> if that sounds <laughs> like anything, it's kind of like we kind of have a rough estimate of how much we spend on bands and how much we spend on staff and how much we spend on this. And then we kind of like, okay, 
this is what we did last year. Let's try to do this this year and let's try not to charge too much for the passes. Uh, we do have to go up a little bit because of inflation every year. Bands mm-hmm. go up, everything mm-hmm. goes up. I right, mean, right, right. Just, like, I, I'm scared to see what my insurance is going to be this year. Mm-hmm. You know, that yeah. we have to cover on the whole event. I haven't gotten a quote yet. Um, <laughs> uh, and so it's like, you know, with that thing for us, I feel like we did a survey back in the spring of the, of attendees who had already paid and not granted about two thirds of our attendees who already had passes from last year, carried their passes over to this year. So we were in a great situation to where we knew if we were postponing, it was basically like, we just had a zero year, which sucks, but we can do that because I'm not budgeting my life around fest. It's just, it's more like, this is a bonus that mm-hmm. happens and it pays for things and keeps going. Um, and so in a lot of ways for us to say, we're only going to have vaccinated people come to fest. I did that survey to see like, if we were to ask this, and this is before DeSantis said we couldn't. Right. I'm like, Hey, you as a paint attendee, if we were to ask this of you, would you a make you feel more comfortable? B hate it immensely. Or C, I don't give a shit. I'm coming anyway. And 96% of the people were like, feel more comfortable. Um, And then we were like, oh, well, that's still such a small amount of people, especially since everybody can't get vaccinated right now. Mm -hmm. And then we started talking internally, you know, with our team about it. You know, it's like, well, some of those people might have said like, hey, I'm not cool with this because they were worried they weren't going to be able to get the vaccine. And then we have a lot of people, about two thirds of our people come from, not two thirds, about 23% um, of our attendees come from overseas or Canada. Um, and so we still had friends that at the time overseas that couldn't get the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Um, some of our friends from Germany just got their second dose like last month, uh, which is baffling to me to think that uh, I could have gone that long without a vaccine and how nerve wracking and scary that was. Um, for me personally. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I felt comfortable and we all felt comfortable that within the fest scene, at least 90 plus percent of the people are going to be vaccinated without asking them. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're getting ready to do that survey again. Now that it's been a while and hopefully people fill it out and we can get a better judge of, of, what this, what the the landscape's going to look like at the coming to fest? Since we legally can't ask people this, right. but we can ask them that, like, hey, more of like a, would you be into this or would you not be into this kind of thing? But then you know, you look at a music festival. Let's say you put out some big like Trump Fest twenty twenty four. You know, like that one's probably going to lose a lot of money if you have to make it all vaccinated. Right. right so right. like. You know, there's certain artists, I don't want to name names or anything, but there's certain ones that aren't going to give a shit. And there's certain ones like I just saw a wonderful interview on CBS. I think it was CBS Sunday morning, but somebody had sent it to me later. And one of uh, there's a there's a, you know, Americana artist, Jason Isabel, who I love. And they interviewed him and he's like, look, man, I'm making it. We're only going to play venues where you have to have vaccine. And he's like, you don't have to come. He's like, it's just a music show. It's not your fucking right to be able to attend a music festival. 
You know, it's almost a privilege that you have money and you can travel and you can stay in a hotel and you can go to this thing. You know, it's not food and water and electricity. It's not housing. You know, it's not heat. It's not air conditioning. Um, And I think there's some people that feel like, you know, it's their right to do what they want to do with their body. And I fully 100%, if that's what you feel like, that's cool. And that's your shit. That's cool. But I have 100% of right as well as a promoter that's putting on this event to look out for the safety of like my population and fuck it myself too, Mm -hmm. you know? And so just like, I don't allow firearms into our shows, you know, there's a reason for that. Not everybody who owns a gun is going to come in guns a blazing like Yosemite Sam into the show. But if there's no guns there, the odds on something happening go way fucked down, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's just, it sucks that we live in this kind of thing. You know, you always think that everybody's, the most part, got the right intentions to look out for each other. And uh, I never wanted to make a political thing out of Fest. In fact, it was just supposed to be a fun party. (laughs) And I hope it still is that everybody can look out for each other. But, you know, it's been been a rough, rough year when you look at some of those things that people write on the Internet and the comments they write and stuff. And it's it's sad and it's hard. Yeah, that's the Internet, though. Fucking depressing sometimes. Yeah, I mean, there's people out there that really feel like we're going to murder people by doing this music festival. They may not even fully believe that but they just may be wanting a rise or attention or something like that i mean you know we're, you're talking a lamb goat here we get the best comments on you know <laughs> on everything so not as good as liquid deaths not as good as liquid death <laughs> that's good i had to plug your sponsor I had to plug the sponsor right? hey liquid death if you want to sponsor our podcast i think i've emailed you about that because i would love to be a you know they sponsor death. us yeah so next time hey when you come i will just set aside a little for you and then then technically vicariously this episode will be sponsored i've got some in my trunk and they they just sent us a bunch for this last show we did they're great sponsors they're like we will not send you any money but we will send you a fuck load of water i'm down at least yeah i'm I'm all about that that's one of the reasons the way i think fest has survived is we don't go for the money sponsorship we go through the trade sponsorship so it's basically like cutting our costs down yeah, that, that's Constantly. awesome. That's awesome because you're also yeah. you're you're booking 300 plus bands. I mean that that alone is going to hit the pocket pretty well. Yeah, yeah, it it does. Do you put, um, do you put the, the bands same, up in hotels and stuff too, or do they have to fin fin for themselves? And the, most most of the bands fin for themselves, and we don't do any uh, individual riders for our festival, so it doesn't matter if you're the biggest band or the smallest band. You it's get all the about it's all thing. about music and the love. Everybody gets the three day pass. You get liquid deaths. You get three <laughs> beers each, and you get one meal pass to a local restaurant. But only only if you're from out of town. If you live in Gainesville and you play the festival, go fucking eat at home. Yeah, right. You, you're close yeah. by. It's not a big city. You, you're like walking distance, probably to where you're living. But um, yeah, yeah, exactly. So let's turn the page on the COVID thing. We'll we'll, okay. we'll get on that. I just wanted to ask you that last question because it, it was a thing. You know, one of the fears that I have as a music and enthusiast would be like these festivals losing out and then maybe not being able to stay afloat for so I think what they won't lose out I think when it comes down to it is just that your overall ticket price in the next year for anything is just going to go up no matter what it is but then again that may stop people from purchasing it you know this that the other maybe I don't know I mean it just comes down to it like you know it's just 
expenses are going up across the board for like a lot of these promoters. It's not as much you're losing the ticket as much as like you're having the staff extra to do things to check these things. Right. You're having to do more cleaning protocols. Um, it's just a lot of stuff. Insurance is going to go up. Artists themselves, since they haven't toured in the last year. I was thinking that too. Their price tag have gone up yeah. tremendously. Especially those, um, the, the bigger festival type stuff that we're talking about, like whether it's Rockville, Bonnaroo, uh, yeah. you know, Lollapalooza, all these other big, big festivals yeah. that, that there's, I mean, constantly there's bands that people are like, why don't you get this band and play fest? They used to play fest all the time or blah, blah. And I'm like, can't afford it. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I try to keep the price low and it's like two things. Like we can either get the bigger band and raise the ticket price for the three day pass, or I can like keep the price the same, get that bigger band and then wipe out about a hundred smaller bands. Right. Yeah, it's more about finding new music than it is seeing a big band in general, in my pr- and I opinion. I think, yeah, people that attend Fest, I think they get that. Yeah. Um, you know, and honestly, there's some of those bigger bands that I'm still a fan of listening to, but I would 100% rather pay the money and go see them play somewhere right. than have to fucking deal with their asses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just honestly, it just comes down to it, man. Like, you know, it's, it's, sometimes to, it's better yeah. to be a fan than to be a coworker or, or like a partner. You know, if, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely, I mean, dealing with in, in this industry, uh, there's, there's been some times where your idols become assholes and you're like, <laughs> fuck man, yeah. I'm not going to stop listening to your music. Maybe, I don't know. Fuck. Yeah, right? <laughs> definitely it's, not booking you. I'm not de- dealing with you. It's definitely a, a really touchy subject when that happens, but let's turn the page on all that. One thing that I've really enjoyed about uh, the fest is your artwork and the art that you guys have for like the branding and the, you know, all that stuff. And in the back there, you see a little, uh, a poster that from fest 18, which kind of looks somewhat similar to the ones you guys are doing on uh, this, this year's. Do you have a artist that you go to continuously for that? Yeah. Starting fest six, uh, we've used the same artist since fest six. Awesome. Um, and it's uh, Richard Menino from Orlando. He goes as Horse Bites. Is his like art tag. He played in um, New Mexican Disaster Squad out of Orlando. Oh, which okay. was a band. Um, he also was in uh, No Friends, uh, which was a spinoff of that with uh, two thirds of New Mexican Disaster Squad. And then Tony Foresta from Municipal Waste singing. Okay. Um, he was the drummer for No More Black as well. Um, and now he co-runs a company called Rock'em Socks that does full color uh, sock art. And they have like every fucking account imaginable. At one point we were talking, we were, I was in Orlando with my wife. We met up with Richard and uh, his partner from the Rock'em Socks. I was like, how's sock business going? He's like, dude, we cannot make them fast enough. We got the baby Yoda account. Oh my. And they were just, pumping out baby Yoda socks. So they had to go to a 24 hour manufacturing run. They had to hire a whole night shift, a graveyard shift to make these socks. Um, But Richard's art's great. And also like Richard and I not only been friends for so long, he did artwork for so many bands over the years. Um, But he's just easy to get, get with. Like I can be like, like this back here. I'm like, dude, let's do a party wizard. And he's like, all right, what are you thinking? And I'm like, I don't know, just party wizard. Maybe he's like, got some PBRs thrown or something like game of Thrones. And he's like, all right. And he'll like draw something and we'll tweak it. Like it's like one or two minor tweaks and then it's done. 
Um, yeah. And it's just always been easy with him to do uh, the artwork, you know, and uh, we've, we've rehashed a few things over the years and come around when we did the anniversaries and stuff, which has been fun. Um, he used to do a lot more graphic design and work for us. Um, but over the years, it's just like his, his time just is, he just doesn't have as much time. So a basically lot of baby Yoda socks, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so now he just does like our main theme, the identity of it. And then, uh, Scotty Swimba, who lives in Pittsburgh, um, does a lot of the actual graphics and video motion graphics and the um, uh, little 60 second commercial mm-hmm. videos we'll do and things like that. Um, so Scotty's a big help on that. And then that lays out like our 98 page full color guidebook that every attendee gets. And there's all this stuff like the ads and posters and stuff. Um, but Richard's art is always a lot of fun. We're already talking about what we're going to do for Fest 20, but I can't really talk about it yet. That was my the, next kind of question. The thoughts, the thoughts are flowing. We've got, you know, some art ideas going. Uh, we've made some real fun stuff back in the day. I remember we always give koozies away. We don't charge for them. So every attendee gets a free koozie. And it was like when we first started doing that a long time ago, it was kind of like me and my friends hanging out in the summer and we would just try to come up with the dumbest ideas for the koozies and make like six or eight different koozies. Uh, like one year, it was just like we were bowling at this dive bowling alley every week during the summer just to keep busy. And Hot for Teacher came on. And so we're like, that's the koozie this year. All the lyrics for Hot for Teacher just on random koozies. And so people would come from Germany and they would get a koozie and says, I got my pencil. And that's all it would say. Yeah. <laughs> the fuck is okay. This is my fest koozie. Yeah. Right. You know? That's hilarious. <laughs> you know, and it's like, it was just random stuff like that. But one year, um, what was it that fucking show? It was like this crazy redneck family and the mom was called mama. And there was like a little girl and, I cannot believe I'm forgetting this right now, but she had like crazy blonde curly hair. And it was like, just about this fucked up, like a uh, TLC, like redneck family. Um, and we just got, I was like, Richard, this is ridiculous. Do you watch it? And he goes, Oh, we're totally watching. This is crazy. I was like, just draw all those characters and let's just take quotes, dumb shit. They say, and make all the koozies that, and, uh, Honey Boo Boo. Yeah. That's what okay. I thought for a second there, I thought he's talking about the whites of West Virginia, that, that, uh, documentary no, but from we could have done one about the whites of West Virginia too. <laughs> Boone Lord. County mating call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, we did Honey Boo Boo ones one year and we've just, I, I mean, I could dig through them, but we always try to come up with something fun and weird. And then this year it was like, Oh man, like fast is going to be so serious with the COVID protocols and stuff and everything. Should we do like more of a positive, like pro mask, like, you know, and then I was like, Oh, let's do one. It says, um, I got the shots. It'll be hilarious. It'll be like, you have, like, I got the shots in a koozie and somebody will call you out and be like, Hey man, yeah, you got the shots, buy my shots. And then I was like, and then we started thinking, I was like, nah, let's just skip all this. We'll just make something ridiculously fun. And so we, we keeping, keeping it off of COVID protocols and we're just going to encompass some goofy koozies again but richard was always fun with that anytime i'd come up with some harebrained stupid idea he has a really bad sense of humor like myself and so we were able to just joke around a lot and come up with some silly silly shit over the years for fest um that's for sure 
That's cool. Yeah, I mean, it's always the branding's always been kind of unique, and as a designer myself, um, I've always been like I'm attracted to you know good shit, and it's always been you know a fun thing to look at, let alone you know enjoy the actual festival. But um, it's been it's one thing that sticks out, and you know it helps with the obviously branding, but reminding me of you know exactly what it is. But you guys, um, you guys seem to do everything down there for the love. Uh, I'm not even sure how you make enough money to continue doing it because obviously you give so much stuff away for free. You're, 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 you're <laughs> it's, called, it's called never make punk rock your job, make yeah. it your hobby and yeah. have a backup safety plan to have other work. <laughs> yeah, we definitely, <laughs> that's, how you, that's how you survive. You know, we definitely uh, have that conversation with a lot of bands on here because, you know, one of the things that we also do is, you know, try to break that little wall of like, you know, not everyone is a rock star and there's different levels to this game. And uh, most of these levels you cannot survive financially on. So it's the few and far between that, you know, yeah. Last year was a sad year for the rock star. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> big <laughs> ego. Really big ego dent. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 for us that like missed it, um, but we still had, did work and did things. Um, it, it, it helped, you know, yeah. um, I definitely like, you know, there was a point last, last year where like last August, where I spent about a couple months in a home that the Florida pest control said was the worst roach infestation in any home they'd seen in the city of Gainesville. And so we gutted that and then uh, laid floors and fixed this whole place up to get it ready to go again, me and some buddies and, yeah, I I totally have a lot of respect for people that do flooring every day now because there was a point where my 45-year-old ass was laid up on the sofa with literally like ice packs on each leg and then saran wrapped yeah. around each leg. Like I had been in the Kumite or something. <laughs> like it was fucking like, it was horrible. <laughs> and like, so, you know, I... I hope we can get back to doing shows. Right, right, right. Same, yeah. same. I hope, uh, I hope things pan out. I hope people are smart about their their attendance in general, not just here, but everywhere. I hope that we yeah. don't have to. You know, I, I think in my head, the cat's out of the bag. The cat does not really necessarily go back in the bag that easy. And so hopefully they don't kind of revoke the live entertainment privileges because obviously it's not only is it me wanting to attend these shows, but there's also many, many, many people's livelihoods that are at stake. Well, something that a lot of people in Florida aren't thinking about. And I've discussed with a lot of promoters through like, you know, the save our stages, you know, the Nivo group and stuff is a lot of Florida promoters are now getting, Hey, we're not coming from artists. Mm. Um, And so you know, you might live in the state and might be like, well, I don't want those restrictions. I don't want like to be able to have to go show my vaccine card or to bring a negative test to go to this concert. You know, our governor says it shouldn't, we should just be free. That's cool. But literally what's going to happen is over the next year, a lot of the artists that you want to see and a lot of the things like plays and and big concerts and stuff like that, they're just not going to come here. Um, And it's going to just... We're going to be a drought of like, oh, we only get the artists who really don't care, you know, and it's because you got to think from an artist standpoint, it's just not a one off show. If you're on a tour 
there's not only yours, you as a band, but especially for larger artists, you know, there's sometimes up to three semis and buses full of crew that have to go on. Yeah. I've got a friend right now who's on a big tour. He's at the guitar tech. He works for fest. He plays in Florida punk bands, but he's got a gig out where he's finally back on the road and gigging. And they are making it to where like the COVID protocols are like, he has to basically just go from the bus yeah. to stage mm-hmm. to the bus. He can't even go in a restaurant. Because yeah, they're so scared of somebody on the tour getting sick. It's like when the NBA players had to go in the bubble and stuff like that. And it's just like this weird selfish attitude of like, you know, like you're saying, like, not that you're selfish. I'm just saying like, you're like, oh, man, I hope that it doesn't get sh- restrictions don't right. get applied. It's like it really need to be more worried about not the restrictions, just people not even coming here to our state. Well, I mean, I was, I was meaning in general, not just for Florida, but just in general, I think because there's like I was saying, there's so much. Like you were saying, there's other people outside of just the artists that also make a livelihood and living from all this stuff. So, like you know, guitar techs, uh, bus drivers, uh, you know, just roadies, catering, yeah, catering. merchandising, all that, all the people that run the venues. You know, it's just uh, it, it it's all trickles down. You know, and then like as far as like a city goes, if you don't have like like prime example, we just went to that St. Augustine Amphitheater to mm-hmm. see that show. You know, how much we stayed in a hotel, we ate at restaurants. There's all this extra tourism that comes to the city for having like an amphitheater that has huge concerts like that. Um, but if the artists stop coming, it dries up. Yeah. You know, so I, I don't know. I, I I hope things change around and I hope our state turns it around. And maybe I hope that more people who are compassionate about it don't just tweet at our fucking governor but just maybe write a compassionate letter and saying like look i understand your stance on this but here's something you might not have thought about from our our perspective you right. know as um, long as it, yeah as long as there's an open casual and not hostile conversation i think a lot of things can get done but unfortunately when we're talking about politics in general and uh you know mostly hostile yeah so <laughs> there's that but uh, okay enough of that about that i have two more things for you one okay who are you most excited for for this year's festival? Who are you personally most excited to see and have at the festival? No. I'm most excited to see, honestly. It's going to sound lame, but I'm most excited just to see it happen. <laughs> um, but also my friends, like, you know, within our staff of Fest, we have, like, a really good family, and we have people that live, like, all over that uh, work for this thing. And so – it was like sad to not have them around last year. And, uh, and that's, I think what I'm looking most forward to. I mean, there's a lot of bands that, you know, when you curate something like this, it's kind of like, I like all these bands, mm-hmm. you know, I don't even get to see them play all during the festival. I probably see less bands than anybody. Oh, I'm sure you're busy. all day, the yeah. fest. <laughs> Um, and then if I do get to see a band nine times out of 10, I'm like not backstage. I like to stand out in the crowd where I'm paying for the sound and I want to hear it sound good. But then like, there's somebody who comes up to me during the show. Who's like very thankful that this is happening and is just talking in my ear the whole time. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like you don't win, but uh, realistically, I'm just, I'm really excited to see like my friends and like in our family within fest, you know, it's everybody's had a re- everybody's had a different year because they've all lived in different places. Mm -hmm. And as much as we've kept in touch through zoom and stuff and tried to keep, keep it together, there's nothing. Our, our fest family is amazing. And it'll feel really, really, 
it'll feel like the best thing that's happened in two years to have everybody around each other again. Yeah, especially because you're planning for it and it's taken this long. Uh, I'm looking forward to personally Torch and Baroness, and I saw on the schedule that they play back to back, so I am excited about that. Yeah, Baroness edition was great. We lost Gorilla Biscuits, and yeah. Baroness was somebody who I was going to ask for next year, and I just kind of hit their agent. I was like, "Look, man, they need to come back. They're old alumni. It's been a long time since they played. And they're one of those bands that have evolved mm-hmm. so well." You know, you listen to like old Baroness to new Baroness, both are amazing, but it's like almost opposite ends. Right. Things. It's just, it's amazing. But yeah, those two together, I, I try to put buds with buds yeah. a lot of times. Well, that was cool. So, I, I I noticed that and I was like, damn, that's cool. And same venue. So it's like perfect for me, yeah. you know. Just, pay attention. If you like heavy stuff too, pay attention to the Wooly uh, on Sunday, the venue, the Wooly. Okay. There's some, there's some real good new bangers in there for sure nice i'll have to check them out uh on the lineup too i'll just see what what's what what's what and then uh obviously listen to them on spotify or Bandcamp or whatnot well one cool thing about fest if you go to the, the festfl.com our website we have fest radio on there That's and true. so while you're at work and trying not to like do work you can always put uh the radio player on and then like skip bands that you don't like mark bands that you do like um, like as we talked about earlier, you know, that's one of the big things about the fest is we really try to like expose people to new music. And even if you don't come to the festival, if you're like, fuck that, I'm not going to the festival, but I like music. Fucking it's free music. Listen to yeah, it. Yeah, you right. know? <laughs> I would, I would, I always say this in podcasts and stuff, and interviews, but I wish 16 year old me had what 45 year old me has of right course. now. Like just, it was so hard to find out about bands and to like listen to the bands and, you know, you had to go blind or go to a buddy's house and sit up all night and listen to records, or you had to listen to college radio, or you had to just buy shit and just take it home. And yeah. after you read a review in maximum rock and roll or some, or lamb goat, you know, yeah, and like yeah. say, like, Oh, I guess I like this, you know? <laughs> and so it's take, take advantage of what you have, you know, and listen to stuff. You know, you might find your new favorite band just by checking out somebody that we booked. Of course. Yeah. Last thing. And I don't know if you'll be able to give me a little scoop on this, but I have to ask in general, since you have the 20th anniversary technically coming up for the fest, do you have anything that's like, cause you talked about anniversary shows, obviously that's an anniversary show probably for you. Uh, I would assume so. Do you have any big plans for that as far as lineup or just, anything we're gonna you know we when we did fest 10 we kind of kept it mostly alumni bands and i feel like we're gonna kind of do the same this year we've got some feelers out on some alumni to ask back um for those of you who fest you could probably guess who those are um and we'll see who happens to come about um we will probably announce some bands hopefully by time this year's fest happens Mm -hmm. Um, Our plan is to kind of like surprise these bands are playing next year. (laughs) Um, It's if we get enough confirmations to do so, I'm not sure it's, it's a like just for right now, it's just so hard for a lot of artists to confirm that far out when a lot of them are still like figuring out their plans right now. Um, And, you know, I don't think we'll add any more venues. We won't do any less venues. Uh, We won't sell any more tickets. It'll just be like, I, I really would like to have like a lot of the bigger bands and, you know, a lot of times we have 
the bigger bands play mystery band sets at fest. That's been a very popular thing. Like we'll get a band that's playing like the main stage. And then all of a sudden you show up fest weekend. You're like, what? They're playing this smaller venue uh, as well. Um, so I'm going to definitely throw that out next year to a lot of the people. It's like, Hey, while you're here, why not stay three days instead of one day mm-hmm. and let's get some more stuff out of you. Um, but nothing crazy planned so far. Just those maybe possible ideas. I've got a wish list, and uh, Richard and I are working on some art. Nice. Would um so very boring right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I, I I assumed it was, but you know, you had a lot of free time this last year, so I didn't know if maybe you were planning ahead. But would Gorilla Biscuits be in the talk for next year since they couldn't make this past year? I basically said when they couldn't play this year, I was like, you know, the door is open, just knock, and so let's hope. Let's really hope they can play. Um, I'm trying to think if there was anybody else major like that that couldn't play this year. I know War on Women, they got a tour uh, coming up, so they couldn't play Fest, and they're, like, always, like, part of the Fest. Um, so we'd, like, try to have them on. I mean, we'll be asking, like, against me to mm-hmm. come back because it's, like, against me should play every year. <laughs> and it's just... It, it works. It's right. awesome. They're great. I mean, they also go well above and beyond what a lot of other bands will do during Fest. I mean, last time they played, they're like, okay, we're going to do two nights, four albums. <laughs> and we didn't ask them that. It's yeah. like, way to go, overachievers. Yeah, you know, right. It's yeah. like, you're raising both hands up for the teacher. You know, it's like, they're awesome. Um, I don't know. Like, we just saw The Descendants the other night. That would be kind of fun to have them back. Um in the heavy world, Macedon played Fest too. Just cool. saying it out there. That'd like cool. we will probably poke them because it's been a long fucking time. Yeah, it has. You know? And didn't they win like a Grammy or something? They were up for it. I don't know if they won it, but they, oh, they, so they, at they least made... we can say we had we had Grammy nominated right. you know, bands have performed at Fest. Yeah. I should I should start promoting that more often. Right. You should, um, yeah, take all angles. <laughs> exactly. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think that's, that's kind of like vague. I know, uh, oh, the Flatliners couldn't play this year. They'll probably play next year. Menzingers will probably play next year. Um, Iron Sheik will probably play next year. I'd like to see Banner Pilot come back. Uh, I kind of want to ask who's on your wish list, but I don't know if you're going to share that with me. I mean, I'm kind of rattling off a lot of them. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Every year we've asked, they might be giants, which is like an old fun nineties yeah, yeah. throwback. Maybe this year because we booked Eve Six is playing now. Maybe that we'll was, get a that, lot of that was weird... a crazy addition. I, I thought, and you know what's no, funny? It's a, it's a weird story. They like they there was some kind of like Twitter like talk. I don't have social media, so I don't know. And I was like at the gym, like on the elliptical, like trying not to die, and Randy, who does our social media, just sent me a text. It goes, Eve Six wants to play Fest. And I had to like honestly think like that 90s band? <laughs> what what which band was Eve Six? And I and from I think I got it mixed up with like another band for a little while. Uh and so I was like, okay, cool. I guess have him contact me. And he's like, no, seriously, it's like a thing on Twitter right now. I was like, okay. And it was like, honestly, one of the easiest things to book. I think it was harder that we kept it quiet for so long because we wanted to keep the like 
no, they're not playing on Twitter just to <laughs> fuck with people. Yeah. Um, and it was super fun. And they seem like, you know, the talks we've had with them, they seem super chill about everything. I don't think they think their band is as big as a lot of other people think their band is. And that's kind of cool mm-hmm. that, that, that happened. And, you know, this could lead to something that maybe they play, like if they really like it this year and they're super cool, maybe they play every year, you know? Um, I don't think we'll have a lot more of those like nineties type <laughs> radio rock. <laughs> you know? uh, but I did see somebody sent me the other day. It was like a fake fest 20 poster that somebody had made. And it was like matchbox 20 wallflowers. Yeah. <laughs> stank. Um, but then it had weird things. It was like Hulk Hogan performing like whatever stupid song he had. And it Proud was like, to be an American the very, very, very last thing on it. It just said Dane cook. I was like, nice closer. somebody had a lot more free time on their hands to make this rad, crazy poster, but it was like, there was some good ones on there, but then they threw in like a couple of fest bands on there too. Like you gotta make it somewhat legitimate. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta give it some kind of like legitimacy. What's yeah, weird? Baja men were on there. Yeah, um, that'd be a good one. But this isn't the first time we've had to go off the '90s things. This is not the first time we had a radio rock band want to play fest. Um, <laughs> Green Jelly really wanted to play <laughs> fest last year. Interesting. And, and we booked them, and then they had to bail because I think they just lost members or something. Oh, and uh, there was a point where they were going to play, and we were going to hear Three Little Pigs, and that would have been kind of fun yeah. to play in like a 200 capacity room. Yeah. Um, and then COVID happened and stuff. But I think that's, I mean, less than Jake had radio songs. Yeah, they were radio band, but you know, also they're a local kind of establishment for our area too, for the most part, but yeah. that's understandable. Yeah. I mean, we don't book yellow card. Or anything. I'm not going to, yeah. <laughs> I just had to fuck with you. No, no, Jackson. hey, by, by all means. If you book Lambisco, when, I, when I first moved game. to Gainesville, I think they played like once a month in Gainesville, like all the time. And it was so much that like the, our friend of ours who like was the bartender was like, Hey man, if you guys just come down here, I will get you drunk because we need bodies in the room. It was like <laughs> before their single hit, it was like year 2000. They're not, they're not they're a like, band that I kind of gravitate towards myself, even though they're from here. Uh, they're, yeah. you know, it's not my, t- it's not my style of music. Another thing that wasn't my style of music back in the day, which is funny that you brought up like finding, you know, how you we found music earlier on. Um, Eve Six was one of those bands that I bought. This is the only time this has ever happened because I was a young I was young when the album came out. Ninety eight, I was probably fifteen, fourteen, something like that. Uh-huh. That was the only CD I returned after opening it. Which <laughs> now it's totally different. I you know I've I've listened to that band predominantly throughout the 90s early 2000s so like i you know but at the time i was like this isn't for me and like i (laughs) they took it back but in a weird way so that's the only time i've ever returned a cd or an album but yeah i never listened to it but i worked in record stores like all growing up um and there were always used record stores in Mm -hmm. virginia and i just remember that you know going from like the hot rack and like end capped to like we have too many of these in the used bin for a while. And it's going to be awesome though, because like so many people, you know, I'm 45. I have so many people that are in their mid thirties that attend fest that work for fest. And they're all geeking out that this is happening. Yeah, they're, they're, and like Scotty who works for us, who does our graphic design stuff. He goes, dude, I can't believe you got E six. That was my prom song. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, dude, you better be slow dancing your ass off yeah. with your wife during that shit, man. Inside <laughs> out, inside out. That's, I mean, you can't, if you've ever been to any bar where anybody is playing an acoustic guitar or something like that, you have heard inside out multiple yeah. times throughout your life. Yeah. It's going to be awesome, you know, and I think people really are, are having fun with it. And uh, yeah, they're, and they were so cool about it too. I was like, look, I've got a spot open. This was before Gorilla Biscuits dropped. And I was like, I got a spot open. It's the first spot on Saturday. So you're opening up the day on Saturday. And they were like, cool, we'll take it. Nice. Well, it'll be interesting to see them for sure. And again, I don't mean any disrespect to Eve Six about returning your 1998 album. Uh, that was just on 14-year-old me. I wasn't, you know, it was a, too ahead of my time at that time. No, but you have to now that you've you've said that you returned the Eve Six. What 14-year-old <laughs> CD that you now look back on, you're like, but I did keep this one oh, and I'm man. really embarrassed about it. <laughs> I, I, I was big into like Weird Al at the time. So I, you know, I bought, well, a, I bought a couple of Weird Al's. That's, that's the number one, I think, fest dream list. Like if we could have a first round draft pick, it would always be Weird Al. Well, maybe we can start a social movement. We'll put it out in the universe enough, you know, that maybe Weird Al will catch on. And he seems like the cool kind of guy that would do things if he's really, if he's very much, like if he's wanted a lot, you know, if he's, if someone yeah. really wants him, I, I feel like he's that kind of guy. Especially I remember his career. seeing like in the, in the 2000s, there was this thing called Skate and Surf, I think mm-hmm. up in Jersey. It kind of seemed like a Warp Tory type thing or whatever. Like bamboozle? But, um, I mean, there was a Bamboozle and then there was I think a it's the same surf. people. Yeah, yeah. I think it's Skate and Surf, Bamboozle or whatever. One of those two Weird Al played. Yeah. And I remember seeing like, oh, there. so you're saying there is a chance. Oh, yeah. You there's know? Always, there's like, always that one act at some of these bands like andrew wk was that for like furnace fest or whatnot we got andrew wk once well hey make sure you have them for uh we want to party hard in 20 you know what i mean yeah andrew wk was fun he was easy to deal with he seems like an easy dude we'll stop we'll stop with there okay was half the positive because there was half that was not positive to deal with (laughs) but him personally totally awesome to deal with nice well, Tony, it's been a great it's been a great chat with you. Uh, I look forward. Yeah, to I can't it. wait to have you down in Gainesville. Um, have fun if you don't. If you see me, say hey, what up? Most you know. definitely, yeah. I will slam some. I'll buy you a Miller High Life since we won't have PBR. That's okay. Miller High Life's okay, but we can also you know shotgun Liquid Death or something like that too. So um, easy. Yeah, I look forward to it. Halloween weekend down there will be a fun time. I don't have you know I didn't have any plans to go to the cocktail party here because it's insane. But uh, other than that, it'll be a great weekend. Yeah, the weather is usually amazing, as you know, living in north central Florida. And uh, hopefully, you know, we have good times and come on down to Gainesville. And we don't, we're sold out of passes, <laughs> but I think there's some single day tickets you can go to the Eve Six concert and stuff. Yeah, yeah. For all you people. You yeah. do have single, uh, I think they're what, by day and venue or something like that, too, it's right? It's by day and venue. It's yeah. just like a single ticket for a show. So, like the, what you were saying, the day that that, actually, the day that Eve Six is playing is the same day that, Baroness. And oh torture. yeah. I mean, that's my and day. Water music. <laughs> that's the it's day like, that I'm focused on. If you on. just went to that show, there's like a shit ton of good bands on yeah. that. It's that one show you could go to, but uh, it's our three largest venues. We're selling tickets to those. We used to sell tickets to all of them and just do like 10% of the capacity. Mm-hmm. But this year we're like some of those small venues. Let's just not even worry about those 20 tickets. Let's just keep it to the three bigger spaces and, and cool. do it that way. Well, you can find all this information on thefestfl.com. Um, and then, of course, you know, look forward to next year's festival since we're already kind of around the bend to where they're 
you're planning mm-hmm. it and you, you're going to announce some stuff in the next couple of months. But yeah, Tony, it's been great and I can't wait to come down. I can't wait to hang with the group and uh, see some good music and, you know, interact with uh, the scene yet again because it's been too far or too long since, uh, you know, I have. But if you're ever up in Duval, obviously, you, you go to the St. Augustine Amphitheater. It's down the street. So, you know, let us Very go. much so. I've got some friends that have been trying to drag me over to Jacksonville and said, y'all got a really good new record store there. Oh, my God. Yeah, you have to come. That, yeah, so. It's a Tiger Record Store. I will shout it out every time. Uh, it definitely caters to our demographic. And uh, Yeah, I've just heard uh, friends go over there all the time. And, uh, yeah, so I'm just, like, waiting for them to throw that invite out instead of coming back and being like, look at all these records I got. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, uh, it's a great huh. store. James uh, James plays bass or played bass for Bane. Uh, the, okay. Yeah. So he was, um, he wasn't the original bass player. He started in the middle of the 2010s or something like that. So he's got a couple of years with them, but yeah, he's a great curate curator of that store. And, um, I've bought, yeah. I bought so many vinyls that I never thought I would even find or, you know, see in person from there. And yeah, it's, it's like whenever I go up to Richmond, Virginia, um, there's a place called vinyl conflict and it's, it just, just like, come on, man, just <laughs> take all my money. Take yeah, all my it's money. like that too. And they're, yeah. they're super rad about stuff, and it's like, I'll, I'll come back with like a stack like this. Yeah. It's, 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 it's rough, and I'll, I'll even give my price point of like, I'm only going to buy used, and I'm not going to spend over twenty dollars on one record, and I'll still come back yeah. with like a stack. So good luck, good luck there. It, I've, I haven't, I, I've spent quite a lot of money there, and I had, I haven't bought a lot of records, but it's been quite a lot of money. So. uh <laughs> yeah, it's, but it's again well worth it. I mean, he's got variants oh, yeah. that are super limited variants for somehow, some way, because he has so many connections with people that he knows throughout his touring and he buys records and stuff like that. But anyway, yes, yeah, a must see for you to come up here and then. Oh yeah, uh, I will holler. Yeah, when definitely. We come. Tony, it was All good right, seeing you. Man. So I'll, see, I'll see you in a couple weeks, months. Yeah, and everybody stay safe. Thanks so much for listening. And yeah. uh, also, before we'll we go, anything that we can do, let us know, and we can you know help you out in any way that we can. Uh, via the website for the event. So just let us know. Reach out. You have my email. All right, cool. (laughs) Later, Tony. Have a good one, man. I am. I'm going to go eat dinner, and my wife and I are going to go see Jungle Cruise. Nice. The movie starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yeah, I I know what you're talking about. (laughs) Enjoy it. Actually, I looked up. I was like, fuck, we need to leave soon. I need to take a shower. All right. Hey, thanks so much, man. It was a pleasure talking to you. It was a lot of fun. And seriously, I will holler at you when I come to uh, Jacksonville. I'd like to hang. Yeah, for sure, a hundred percent. And uh, we'll go, we'll go check out the record store. And there's a restaurant next door if you like tapas yeah. type stuff, and we'll go there. Yeah, and if you need any uh, assets to art, photo, anything like that, let me know. And then let me know a couple days before you put it up, um, and I'll get Randy to pump and push it. Sure, cool. Yeah, we will uh, schedule it um, around a couple weeks prior to the uh, the event. So maybe like early October, late September. Yeah, cool. Cool. All right, thanks, bud. Later, man. Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you'd cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? Fans of Too Much Effing Perspective don't have to wonder, because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. 
the only podcast you crank up to 11. <laughs>